Welcome back, everybody. I am really excited and I'm, I'm in a playful mood because I get a chance to talk to, uh, to David Banks, who's awesome. He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a director, he's a producer, hello, hello. And uh, I'm giddy because anybody who, uh, you know, whose handle is Dynamite Dork is a person I really want to have on the show. You know, that's, that's my kind of guy right there. As, as <laughs> I was, as I was uh, deciding, uh, Dave, uh, whether kind of uh, to, uh, to bring you on as a guest, you know, I looked at your IMDb quickly, the trivia came up, I saw that your favorite movies are trains, planes, and automobiles, vacation. That was enough for me. I I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't need to know anymore. That's my, that's, that's my guy. I, that's, that's all I needed. So that, that was my decision making process there. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so welcome to the show. We're going to have some fun. I have a bunch of questions for you. I actually, you know, in, in doing my prep, uh, I've, I've seen your interviews. I read some stuff. I've watched all your demos, which are awesome. I was laughing hysterically. I was on my treadmill. And uh, I was walking while you know doing my my research, and I saw your demo reels, especially your commercial ones. I almost had to stop because I, I could have uh, hurt myself just because I was laughing and not focusing on walking anymore. It was great. So thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and we're gonna, that means we're, a lot. Thank you. We're gonna post uh, Dave's uh, YouTube channel right below this, so please click on it. Please subscribe to uh, to the channel. Uh, take a look at the demo reels; they're really, really good, and you'll be surprised by. Uh, you know, by how much he's going against the type that you think he actually is. So um, take a look at that. So anyway, I, I was doing all this research and I'm like, this is really a, uh, an, you're, you're a really interesting guy to talk to because you are a working actor. You have been doing this for 20 years. You have a lot of information and passion for, you know, acting that you want to share. And that's what I want to really uh, kind of dive into. A lot of the different aspects, you know, uh, you know remove some of the, uh, some of the things that people think they know uh, about the business sure. and really kind of uh, go through dispelling some of those uh, rumors and uh, just play and, uh, and see how much value we can deliver to the uh, you know, actors who are watching this or to those who want to get into the acting world or just want to know what our crazy business is like. That's, that's yeah. the plan for the show. Great, great. <laughs> Ask away, let's play, let's have some fun. Perfect. All right. So let's let's start with dispelling rumors. And to me, this is just so much fun because, again, reading up on you, you know, I saw that your dad, uh, you know, was an advertising exec. Uh, and, you know, immediately some people are going to say, OK, well, that's why he has done so many commercials, because everything was just handed to him. Because, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'd see his dad knows everybody. Make a few phone calls. That's it. You know, Dave of course, because it's that easy. Why wouldn't it be? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let's let's make sure that we dispel that rumor first. You know, how many of the? By the way, are you at two hundred commercials yet? Where where are you? What number? Yeah, I I think I just passed about the two hundred mark. That was kind of like my bucket list goal thing. Right. And I just stopped counting because I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it's just, at that point, it's just going to sound cocky. You know what I mean? If it's just like, by the way, I. Yeah, so I wasn't gonna go there. It was just like a, in a weird mental kind of bucket list yeah. thing. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. And only because, you know, only because my father said how yeah. difficult this whole business is. And he actually, he passed away right around the time. Yeah, it was, it was tragic. It, he passed away right around the time that I kind of was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And well, his, some of his words to me, very wise, said, listen, he goes, if you're going to do it, I hate to say the word backup plan, but if you're going to have, if you're going to get into this, 
A, do it because you really love it, really enjoy it, but know that you're going to hear no, the word no, several hundred times before you hear anything related to yes. Um, because it's not, and I was like, wow, okay, well, that sounds like a challenge. I like this. I'm up for it. So that kind of piqued my interest right away. I think as, as children or anybody for any job, I think when we're told no, or we're told we can't do something, yeah. by instinct, we want to do it. We're going to do it no matter what. I think it's the parents that are saying, you can't do this, don't do this, you have a curfew. Every child at that point is going to break that curfew, do exactly the opposite. Yeah. That was my thing. I think, and my mother being super supportive, mm -hmm. I had two kind of fighting in. I don't want to say fighting, but mother was very supportive. You're awesome. You're great. You're funny. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. You're going to be really good at it. Start today. My dad, you know what? I think you might be good if you put the hours in, if you, if you could take no, if you have really thick skin but I would definitely have a backup plan because if and when this fails, which in most cases it does, you need to have something to fall back on. That's just all there is to it. So I like that. I think if I had both parents saying, you're going to be great, you're going to do it, I probably would have given up and not done it. You know, yeah. but having both parents, you know, and then, or vice versa, having both parents telling me, no, 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 maybe it would have irked something. So I think having that balance of both was really helpful for me anyway, starting out. And he was right. I, it was no, 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 no. For several years, even on the commercial side, especially the film and TV side, because no one's giving you credits until you have credits kind of thing. Yep. You know, but the commercial, that's the beauty of commercials. I always say, because it doesn't matter. They're not looking at what you've done. You know, no one's putting on the resume, Coors Light, Walmart, McDonald's, Burger King. I've done all these. They usually put list upon request or, conflicts upon request for a reason um in fact sometimes if you've done too much it can actually hurt you because now you're again now you have a conflict if i'm going to go out for coors light but they just noticed i just did a bud light chances of me booking coors light are not in my favor so yeah i, I stopped i kind of started hiding what i was doing um and there's sites like iSpot that put up the bulk of your ads i started taking stuff down off iSpot because again I didn't want them to think oh well David just did uh, Target we can't have him for Walmart or whatever you know what I mean mm -hmm. so no, it's yeah it, it makes perfect sense and I actually want to dive a lot more into the commercial world uh, a little bit later but kind of uh, to follow back up and to dispel that rumor you know how many of those 200 plus commercials did your dad's uh, you know uh, connections get you exactly so zero yeah, I I have an executive that's living uh, living you know almost next door to me. My my kids are friends with his kids, and we're very friendly. And he's an executive. I'm not going to say which company, but uh, it's it's a you know uh, conglomerate. They spend a lot of money on commercials. As a matter of fact, he's in charge of the budget for the commercials and which commercials are going to get done. Do you know how many commercials I got through that connection? Exactly the same number as you through your dad. Yep. Because we, we, I'm not going to be asking him, hey, you're, you're shooting. Why not have me in your commercial? It's stupid. That's not how things work. You never. I, what, that cracks me up. I get people, and I've intentionally taken myself off of Facebook and stuff because I, you start getting, I don't want to say a lot, but enough emails of people saying, hey, you know what? My son has got a great look. Can you get him in one of your commercials? As if I had that, that option. Like, Sure. Bring him on over. I'm sure he's full of talent. I'll get him in. It doesn't work that way. It never has and it never will. I don't care if I'm, maybe if I was the client, right. I, could, I could probably pull some strings and say, yeah, but you know what? 
as just an actor who's been fighting his way, as we all do, as you can relate to, we all fight for these jobs. None of it is given. None of us is, is like on a platter. Here you go. Great. I mean, the only way that's ever going to happen, and I say this, is because if you've made a relationship and a connection with someone that you work well with, and they say, listen, you know what? I know your work. I, know, I worked with you before. I like your work. I know you're going to show up on time. You're going you're gonna to make us look good. You're going to be funny, and you're, gonna be, and you're reliable, and you're easy to work with, and you're humble. Tell you what, um, that goes a long way. And I'm working on a project Friday. Can you be here at four? It pays this. It does this. Sure. Awesome. I'm there. That doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen from the relationships that you've built along the way. Exactly. And uh, we, we're going to get into it. Again, one of the things that I really liked uh, uh, from one of your videos is CPR. So we're going to get into what CPR means. And I want everybody to write that down because I didn't know it. I knew what it meant and I was using it. I just didn't know the acronym and I love it. So we're going to talk about that. Um, second uh, dispelling of the rumor. So people think that commercials, uh, you can make a huge boatload of money. So having done 200 plus commercials, you are a multimillionaire, really. I mean, there's no reason for you to work anymore. That's, that's correct, right? right? I'm sitting in my 14 bedroom house as we speak and it's all paid off. I'm just kidding. No, yeah. not even close. <laughs> no, um, I will say this back in the day, yeah. uh, many, many years ago, if you could book, I would say beers, banks, or automobile spots, and if you book a handful of those a year, yes, you can easily pay the mortgage and then some. But nowadays, unfortunately, the shift has gone, so much of it is non-union. Yeah. So as we know, the union days, yes, they're out there, they're still there. There's the progressives and all that stuff and the, some of the, the McDonald's and everything else and the Geico's mm -hmm. that do pay the residuals, which are great. I would say that's like scratching a winning lotto ticket. You're in. That's amazing. Yep. Um, as long as they air it, of course. But the majority of them are these days are non-union. So you get that one check with the potential of having one renewal mm -hmm. if they pick it up for another year, which can be very good. But again, it's not. Yeah, it, I really say I say you have to do this because you really enjoy it and love it. If you do it for the money, you might as well do something else because there's no real. That's, that's a crazy thing. And people always ask, well, if you could give me advice, and I don't know if you're going to ask this or not, but people say, any advice for upcoming actors and people that want to get into it? And I say, yeah, don't. <laughs> or I say, you're crazy. But if you're a little crazy, that can go a long way, and that's kind of good because we're all kind of crazy to pick a job like this that gives you no real outcome, no real guaranteed results, nothing. I mean, at least as a doctor, you can go to school for eight years, and there's a chance you're probably going to make some good money and be a doctor over here. And but there really is no, you can do 10, 15, 20 years of schooling, training, can't, I mean, improv school, you name it. There's no guarantee you're going to work at all. Right. That's a little crazy to me. That's a little crazy. But in a way, it's kind of nice because it's that excitement. It's that challenge, not knowing when and if I'm going to work again. It's kind of, it's enough to keep you on your toes, keep you fighting and keep you excited. All my friends are like, dude, you're, because I don't really have a lot of actor friends. I do that intentionally. Yeah. I, I, most of my friends, I say, or as I say in the commercials, real people, not actors. Yeah. Um, and they all say the same thing. You're crazy. I don't know how you could, I could never do what you do and never know when a paycheck's coming in. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's why you're not doing this. And I, I'm glad you're not because it does. Yes. There's a part of me that says, wow, that's really nice. You get an actual paycheck every two weeks. Wow. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. But 
again, to me, I like the excitement and the uncertainty of not knowing. And then when you do get those, you go to the mailbox and there's that surprise. Oh, here it is. And you tear it open and you start from the right. There's a zero. There's a zero. Oh, okay. Or it can be a really small, small residual check that's next to nothing that's barely paying the gas bill. So you, I don't know, that kind of excitement is kind of, it's always been kind of fun for me. I, I agree. And uh, again, I'm, I'm the same boat. I'm a little uh, cuckoo. And it's, if, I don't know if you watched The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, is that mm-hmm. a show that you watched? I've watched two episodes, yes. Okay, so. The, uh, the, I forget his name, but he's uh, the soup Nazi guy from Seinfeld. No soup for you. He's in it. Um, I forget his name, but yeah, very good show. Yeah. So um, the in I think the first episode uh, where actually the second episode, um, first or second, I, I'm, I, it doesn't matter at the moment. So, but when she uh, bails uh, bails him out and she says, you know, would would you do this? And he says, no, no sane person would do this because <laughs> you have to. I mean, it's basically it's it's kind of that thing of you have to do it because that's who you are. Otherwise, you shouldn't be doing this. You yeah. know, no normal person is going to choose that route. And it's true. And a lot of the people that I talk to who are in the business, who are very successful in the business, all say the same thing. They are, yeah. A, lucky that they're still working. And they're excited that they have a new job. And they mm-hmm. don't know if there's going to be another one after that. And yeah. nobody really should get into this unless this is what they want to put up with because you just don't know. My wife still doesn't understand why is it that I want to be an actor. You know, for her, she went to school, she got a job, she worked hard and worked her way up, got her MBA, continued working hard, and she has a normal linear progression. Yeah. With us, there is no progression. It doesn't no. make any sense whatsoever. It's just maybe it's going to happen for a tiny number of people and for most it doesn't so yeah. and i kind of like that because it filters out all of the wannabes it filters out the people who are in there for the wrong reasons it filters them out because they're there for the fame they want to you know walk on the red carpet they think they're going to, <laughs> you know they're going to be driving uh, the uh, you know ferraris uh, in no time and it just it spits them out because that's not yeah. what the business is like so we're going to talk about that thank you for dispelling those rumors and uh, <laughs> I'm very sorry that uh, you're not living in a 14-bedroom house quite yet. <laughs> I know, it, and I don't even know where that came from. But I think, yeah. like you said, a lot of it is based on for the you know people are doing it for the wrong reasons, like you said. And there's a lot of people. I just had this conversation with one of my best friends, who um, who actually is one of the actor friends that I have as a friend. But he's no longer doing this. He's now teaching. Um, and the funny thing is, we talked about this last week. How the acting class we met in probably 18 years ago, I'm going to say there was probably upwards of 80 people in that class. Out of those 80, we can only think of maybe seven or eight that are still in the game. So it's that very small number. And most, and I, you know, I follow some of them still on Instagram. They've moved away. They're starting families. They have, you know, real jobs. They're not, they gave it a shot. They gave it the fighting try, but most of them don't stick with it. And like I said, I think a lot of it is because of the wrong reasons. They think the fame, the fortune. Um, and Kevin Bacon once said, he goes, I really wanted to be famous. I wanted to walk into restaurants and have everybody know who I was. He goes, but then when you get that, it's the last thing you want. You're like, oh, geez, I just want my privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that likes to work. And he would, there's no small part for him. It's, anything is a part. Anything is 
And speaking of that, he was in planes, trains, and automobiles. He had that small part. He didn't even have a line. He was just a guy running to the cab. And I was like, but that guy is a guy that's consistent. He will always work. I think he's very talented. He, he crosses over between drama and comedy, doesn't vault very well. That's a very hard thing to do, but also very, uh, it's amazing. So I think people like that, if you usually ask them in the beginning, it's just not, and I remember my first coach actually said to me, she goes, if you're in this to give a gift, to give something that you have to share your talent, there's a chance you're going to make this. But if you're doing it for the money, the fame, the fortune, everything else that comes with it, she goes, you might as well just leave, the, leave right now and I won't charge you for the day. That's what she said. And I was like, wow, geez. But it's, it's absolute, it's the truth. I think if you really enjoy this and you love being on set, you love, you know, to me, I love watching some of my favorite comedic actors, Zach Galifianakis, Will Ferrell, Melissa McCarthy, the improv geniuses that just really make it look so natural. And I always say Zach Galifianakis could read the phone book and it'd be funny. He just, anything he does is just, to me, is just funny. His timing, the way he does it, his uncomfortable pauses, his awkward beats and moments are just so like, wow, what's next? You know, and I love that. And people like that, I think, should only be doing something like this because they're too funny. They're too good. Yeah. And, and you, you hit it right on the head because the people who are doing this are the people that should be doing this. Yeah. Now, it's, it's not across the board. We've all, you know, watched that TV and film and we're thinking, okay, what is this person doing here? We've all seen that, but usually that's not a person who's going to be there for a long time. Exactly. And there was someone that just mentioned to me yesterday, they were saying, and we couldn't remember who the actor was. I don't know if it was Keanu Reeves or Tom Cruise, but they love the project so much. They said, you know what, just pay me a dollar because you had to pay something for services rendered so forth. Right. But I don't remember what the film was, but he really wanted to be a part of it. And it wasn't about the money. He just said, I really want to be a part of this. Just pay me a dollar and, and we're done. I was like, wow, that to me is just, you know, then you get someone like Keanu that will give the portions, you know, portions of his profits to charities and so forth. And I'm thinking, wow, what a great, you know, but those, I mean, those aren't, there aren't too many people like that. But when you see people like that, that really, it's like, to me, just, wow, you got to respect that and admire that. And it shows again that they're doing this for the right reasons. And like you said, if you're not, you get weeded out pretty quickly. You get found out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's always cracked me up when people say, I'm going to give this whole acting thing a year. And if I don't make it, I'm going to move back to Kentucky or wherever. You know, I mean, I, that, I'm like, dude, just go back now. Yeah. Because you're clogging up our freeways. Nobody wants you here anyway. If you're not going to, if you're going to give it a year, get out of here. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, I, I go back and kind of, it's, it's the apropos example that I'm applying to acting, but uh, a friend of mine, as we were growing up and we were in high school and he was, uh, he came to me and he said, dude, I'm about to have a date with this girl. You know, can you take uh, 10 minutes and teach, teach me how to be a gentleman? And I looked at him, I said, I mean, you're either a gentleman or you're not a gentleman. You know, I, I yeah. can, no matter what I tell you in 10 minutes, it's not going to change who you are. No. Same thing with acting. You, you either are an actor and the rest is just talent, timing and uh, dedication. So yeah. That's really it. But if you're not an actor, if you just want to give this a year or you want to give it a try, I mean, God bless you. Give it a try. Certainly get it out of your system so you don't feel deprived for the rest of your life. But just know that sure. that's not how things work. So, yeah, can you teach me how to be a professional opera singer in 10 minutes? You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I, can teach you, I can teach you how to wing it and pretend. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but there's no way you're going to be good at that after anything, after 10 minutes or 
you know, 10 months for that matter. It's, and what are they, and speaking of 10, I think they said if you put 10,000 hours into anything, mm -hmm. you could pretty much master it. Um, and that's what it takes, I think, in this business too. You've got to put your 10,000 hours in. I mean, everybody's journey is obviously different. You're going to have some people that make it. I've heard some stories. I was playing basketball. Someone discovered me. It's like, dude, okay. I mean, yes, it has happened. The chances of that are, again, like winning the lotto. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a little slim. And then you hear people say, well, you know what? I booked my first audition, and it was huge. It was the orange is a new black, and I got lucky. Amazing. It can happen, but the chances of that happening are – don't count on it, you know? Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Don't count on it. Continue working. Continue putting in the hours. Continue doing what you need to do. Uh, network, uh, be a good guy, be prepared, you know, all of these things. And then things, eventually something does happen. To what level? And, you know, whether you're going to be a big star or you're going to be a working actor, or you're going to be somebody who, you know, struggles but is in stuff. And uh, that, that level, there are so many reasons why it may or may not, you know, nobody knows. Uh, I, I like what you said too, that you, right there what you said, be a good guy. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. There are so many people that just aren't, I don't want to say good people, or they can pretend, they can act like they are, but underneath, they're just, they're shallow, self-centered, needy, neurotic, clingy, desperate. All these things just plague, the, they're just toxic. And I think if you can just actually be a nice, genuine, humble person that's happy to work, happy to give their gift, happy to show you what I can do, you've got a great shot at it. And it, that goes a long way. Like Woody Allen said, showing up is half the battle, but you show up show up on time, show up prepared to work, take direction, don't challenge the director. Well, I don't see it that way. I would never do it like, yeah, sure, no problem. That's your vision, let's do it, let's have fun. Um, and then add your own little flair and fun um, and unique talent to it. But for the most part, just, it's so easy. And you, for some reason, you always hear about the A-listers being really, you know, a lot of them being so, so nice and so easy to work with, it's so genuine. And then you hear these, either the has-beens or the B-listers that are just so problematic. I only want this. I want it. I'm a vegetarian. Where's this food? I only want this. And it's like, wow. There's a reason why you haven't really made it to that next yeah. level because, again, no one wants to work with that. No one wants to be around someone that's arrogant. No, it's just it's, it's disgusting. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of that in this business because I think people think they have to behave that way when you really don't. It's just – Man, there's a couple of people that I've worked with that really stand out in my head. One of them is a girl I went to class with. Her name's Erin Cahill. And she is almost like the nicest person you will ever meet. When she's there on set, it's like the best day of her life. She's super thrilled. She's excited. She's happy. She's nice. She's, no, no, you go ahead of me. No, no, no. Do you want my trailer? That's fine. I mean, it's just like, what? But again, and she's always working. She's always got three to four to five to six things in the red, pre-production, post-production, filming, something, whether it's commercials, episodics, movies, she's always, and she's that girl that's that go-to girl where, hey, you need to get Aaron for this because I know she's going to show up. She's going to be good. She's going to be great. And she's going to be easy to work with no matter what. She could be having the worst day of her life. Her dog could have just died. She, you'd never know. She's that, hey, but it's an honest, genuine, it's not a fake kind of, you know, and then there's the ones, the, the opposite, that are just, again, don't really want to be there. Yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, let me get this over here. And then they have to tell you who they know, what they just booked, who they just shot with, what they've got out. Oh, by the way, I got a film and it's on the theaters right now. Make sure you go see it. Here's a card. And it's like, dude, 
And that is the unfortunate side of this business. And I would say, if you can handle all that BS that's going on around you, all that toxic energy and people trying to suck you in with what they know and what they, I had a guy actually once show me a check at an audition. Bro, look at this. Just got in the mail right now. <laughs> and he showed me his check of a residual. I, 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 I didn't know, I couldn't say anything. I literally was just, That was me. I had to just, I had to walk away. I just walked away. I was like, I don't know what to say to that. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> well, a few things come to mind, you know, this, this, that, that. that's this. probably, you know, where I would have gone with that. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a nice guy, but like, really, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what I wish somebody would have told me about this business uh, in the very beginning. And it's not like I'm, I'm anywhere that's far ahead, but it's, it's an important thing to note and you just referenced it and we want to, I want to make sure that it really sinks in for people who are just starting out or are trying to figure out what this business is really like. It's not just talent. It's not just dedication. Those things are incredibly important, but it's about relationships and yeah. it's not about who you know and the connections and how do I connive my way into that. It's not about that at all. It's about incredibly long hours and people wanted to work with people who they like and who they know are good and are going to deliver and they can actually enjoy spending all these 12 16 hour days or overnights with that's the part and yep. you grow together as a community you know adam i love adam sandler uh yeah. we'll say i look like adam sandler i take that as a compliment yeah 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 i can see it <laughs> yeah. so i love that i love that he works with uh you know he works with kevin and he works with uh, the guys because to me I don't, I don't need Oscar winning performances in every movie. What I want is an enjoyable experience. And with him, every movie is an enjoyable experience. And it's just yeah. nice having fun together. I love it. That's, that's yep. all I want uh, from most films. Exactly. And you can tell he enjoys it. And you can tell, I was just watching The Wedding Singer the other night. Yeah. And I noticed the same group of guys that are in just about all his films, with the exception, yep. of course, of Billy Idol in that one. But the Steve Buscemi, you know, the other guy that's one of the, the places, the clueless guy that wears the leather, leather jacket, he's in all the films. All these guys, and I was just talking about that a while ago, he uses the same group of guys because he knows, again, they're going to show up. It's going to be fun. There's not going to be any drama. You take chances and you go outside that little circle and you try to find someone new. Great, that's awesome. We all want to be discovered at some point. We all want that fresh face thing, but yeah. it's also taking a chance. And there's a reason why it is the biggest catch-22 in the business. They always say, it's, I've heard people say, it's not fair, I can't, get, I can't get any credits because I don't have any credits. I can't get any episodics or any network credits because I don't have any. Well, there's a reason for that. Because again, they don't want to take a chance if there's so much money on the line. And, they don't know if you're going to show up. Are you going to be problematic? Are you going to be hard to work with? So they know, okay, we'll tell you what, this person here has just worked on the Connors, Why Women Kill, um, Insecure, whatever, a list of episodic credits. Yeah. There's probably a good chance that there's a reason for that. So I'm going to get, I'm going to hire, and he's a little bit more desirable. And I noticed that my, my auditions started going up the moment I started getting a couple network credits because it's like, oh, okay, he, he, we can trust him. He's in this little circle of what, but it took years to get into those doors. And it was just sheer luck to get any of those in the beginning, unless you've got a really, really good headshot and you're beautiful at age 20 
But as you get a little older, it's like, okay, I, you, you got to fight for these credits. And then you get them. Obviously, it's a little bit easier. Yep. You'll get bigger credits. You know, and it's, it's a slow, gradual climb. But I think it, it, it's like that for a reason. Because like you said, it also weeds out the ones that are not serious. The ones that think they can just come here from whatever state and just book and land things right away. Because it's not, it's, it takes a lot of time. It's the marathon mentality. It's not going to happen overnight. It's the long haul. It's the big run. It's the big race. But again, when you hit that, those little markers along the way, those little, you know, stops and stands that you can drink along the way, get your water, refresh, go again. It's a good feeling. It's a nice feeling. Okay, I'm getting little bookings along the way. But the finish line is that obviously we want to be working consistently. It's like, no matter what, it's going to be crazy. You hear the people that say, I just want to book co-stars. Then they get the co-stars. I just want guest stars. Then they get the guest stars. Well, I just want to be, um, I want to have a recurring on, on a show. Then yeah. they get the recurring. Then Now I want to be a series regular. And then the series regulars are now complaining, what if my show gets canceled? I need another show. So yeah. you're never really happy. It's like that rabbit chasing the carrot. You're never going to get it. But I always say, enjoy the process along the way. Enjoy the race. Enjoy the struggle. Enjoy the heartaches. Enjoy those sweet little victories because you never know when they're going to come. I think Anthony Michael Hall said, an, actor's is, an actor is only as good as their last job, which is kind of crappy, but there's some truth to that. So you have to be really just, again, grateful for every little victory. Mm -hmm. And do it. You know, I keep doing that. It's this, for the love of acting. You know, that's why you should be doing it. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's why it's there. Uh, keep yeah. asking yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah, why am I doing this show? This show is almost a full-time job that I've been doing for the last three months. Tomorrow is going to be three months uh, to the day. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know how much it pays? Zero. Uh, okay. You know, how much but time? For the love. Huh? It's, yeah. You, um, it's, you're doing it. If you're doing it for the right reasons, everything else doesn't matter. You know, I don't mm -hmm. care how many views I'm getting, whether it's 10,000 views or five views. It's, why am I doing this? Am I enjoying it? Am I going to bring value to, to the one person who may be watching it or to 10,000 people who are watching it? That's why you're doing this. So, and that will happen. That will happen over time. It's one of those things where if you're expecting the immediate results right away, it never will. But just, you said it best, enjoying the process, having fun, making a difference in someone's life. Maybe, you know what, you might have, without knowing it, Someone out in Kentucky or Kansas and Connecticut, whatever, might be saying at this point in time, okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the drive all by myself across to California or New York or Chicago or Atlanta, wherever the hotspots are. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it all, and I'm not going to set any bound. I'm not going to set a time limit on it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go here alone. I don't know anybody. I'm going to take this chance. You might be doing that as we speak. And then again, you might also have someone watch this and say, you know what? Wow, I'm not doing this at all. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's okay. Right. Either way, we, I, uh, the purpose of the show is to kind of peel back the curtain and not just to let people kind of see the people who they grew up watching on the big screen or on television. It's also to show the reality of what it's truly like. That's sure. the important part. So let's talk to that, uh, to that person who's deciding to give them, themselves a shot. You know, let's talk about auditioning and let's get to your CPR. So what does the CPR stand for? What's the important part uh, when you get to audition? I always say confidence, preparation, and relaxed. If you're confident, you're prepared, 
and you're relaxed, you will do, you will do great every single time. And it sounds easier. I mean, it's like, what? Well, that's all it is. It really, it, it really is all is, is needed in those rooms. If you're confident, it, it, I, I mean, I've seen too, so many people walk in those rooms and they lack the confidence. Maybe they're scared uh, because they're not prepared. So they're really nervous. You know what I mean? Um, they're late. Maybe they couldn't find parking, so they're 10 minutes late. Uh, so they're freaking out, which in turn, obviously they're not going to be relaxed then. I always show up early no matter what. So if I'm early and I'm prepared because I've studied the night before, I'm going to do probably better than most people there. Um, relaxed and just ready to give, ready to give a gift, ready to have some fun, ready to play. And it, I, might, I might not be the right one, but I would say if you can make an impression in that room, and make a fan in that room. That's all you need to do. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. If you book it or don't book it, that doesn't care. I don't, I don't care about that anymore. I used to. I used yeah. to ride on it and say, oh, I really want this. It pays this much and it shoots with this. And it's, it'd be a great experience, great exposure. I, don't, I literally don't care anymore. I do the best I can and I forget about it. And that's the nice thing about getting older. When you get older, you start forgetting things anyway. <laughs> so now people ask me, oh, what happened to the audition you had on Friday? I don't even know. What are you talking about? I don't know. What did I go out for Friday? Yep. I have it written down, so I'd have to go look at it. But why would I go back and look at it unless I book it? It just doesn't make any sense. But when you're young and you're hungry and you really want it, and you really think about it and overthink and rethink, I really have to have this job. What if I don't get it? What if I do get it? If I get it, I'll buy this. I'll get this. All that stuff is, again, just unnecessary energy put in the wrong place. If you literally just do your job and leave, forget about it, have a side job, have a side hobby, some other fun thing to do to keep yeah. your mind on it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's a really nice thing. So when you get that unexpected phone call, you booked it. Yeah. I booked what? That one for Friday. I don't know. Oh yeah. What, what was that one? Oh, cool. Okay, great. And then I'll find out where it shoots, who it shoots with, what it pays and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. it, but it's, it's a really nice place. And that took years to get to that point of just not caring. Yeah. But it's just, it's a nice place to be. <laughs> much, much uh, safer, you know, just from, uh, from a health perspective place to be. And yeah. you, you nailed it on the head that you're never going to be relaxed if you're not prepared. And as soon as I realized that, I realized that everything was just a lot easier. And, you know, Michael Kostroff, the first guest that I had on the show, uh, he has the line when he talks about auditioning, he says, when he goes in, he just basically tells himself, you're not getting the fucking job. <laughs> That's it. So why yeah. work? Just, just go do your job, have fun, relax, and you're not getting it. You're not getting it anyway. Why schwitz about it? It's not going to happen. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're getting it, oh, oh my God, I got it. But uh -huh. you're, you're going there with a different mindset. You're not going there, you know, expecting to fight for something because you must get it. No, just yeah. relax, breathe, because mm -hmm. things are not going to happen otherwise. And mo more than likely, even if you're perfect, that doesn't mean that you're going to get booked. You know, most of the time you won't. And for all sorts of reasons, right? It's because it could go, it could go to someone else that, you know, maybe is the son of a, of a creative guy that owns an agency and he's getting the job. I don't know. It could be a favor to someone else that was promised a job down the line. Yeah. I've seen all that stuff happen. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really, there is no guarantee or even worse, you could book it yeah. and then cancel or you could book it and then shoot it. And guess what? You get cut out. All right. this stuff happens and it's supposed to happen because it hard, it, it makes you really just like, there's, I'll tell you, there's no worse feeling. One of my first big films, 
it was with some big names. It was great. It was fun. It was me and Heather Graham. And, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is going to be an awesome thing for my reel. And it's going to be so, the shoot was incredible. She was having me freeform and improv, do all these great things. I'm like, this is awesome. I can't wait to see it. I go to the premiere and I'm ready to see it. And my scene is completely cut out. Yep. So yeah, it was a blow. At first I was like, ah, you know, and it's like, it was hard, but I think I heard Jay Moore once say, I think he booked a film with Robin Williams, one of his first big films, and he had a couple scenes with him. Same thing happened to him. His got cut out. He says, unless my character is an integral part of this film and it carries the film, I could get cut out like that. And that's, my character was just kind of a, a funny guy that popped in here and there, but it wasn't something that carried the movie and to cut it down to fit, I didn't need to be in it. I totally get that, I accept that. But is it hard at first when you get cut out of your, of course, it's a blow. It's just like, oh man. Because again, you, you want to do good things. You want, I'm already visualizing it on my reel and everything else and then getting bigger projects. And, yep. But again, you move on. You know, water off a duck's back. You just swim away and you fight it. You're like, okay, it is what it is. It wasn't meant to be. That's fine. That's that's totally cool. And I'm sure. And that again, that happens to people every single day in this business. Yeah. Did you get paid for it? I did. Right. Do you get a credit for it? Uh, I took it off because it at, when you're not in it and you don't get the credit, it, it uh, lowers you to uncredited. Right. So well, I just removed the whole thing. I get. It's just. It is what it is. It's, it's normal. Yeah. It's a part of the process. And I, again, exactly. I want people to realize that that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best, most talented people that you know have been cut out of films. That's just reality. That's mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we've covered auditioning part. You actually mentioned something that I want to talk to you about. Um, yeah. In one of your videos, you were talking about, hey, you know, make sure that you don't just work uh, as, as an actor. You need to be available on a moment's notice. And uh, you don't just work for somebody who you have to beg to go to an audition and who's going to be surprised that you have another one next week. So yeah. you need to have a job that allows you to survive, but it allows you flexibility. And you gave some great examples of those. Some of those I didn't think about. Again, I'm in a different uh, spot. Uh, I, I thankfully don't need to work uh, actor gigs. I have my own problems, but I don't need to do that. So please share some of the examples that you have with the actor gigs that uh, are very good and they can help that kid who's driving to California right now. Uh, you mean other side jobs? Yes, yeah, side jobs while you're, while you're trying and while you keep on working and putting in those 10,000 hours. Sure. Um, I, I found a real creative way along the way, and this is before Lyft, Uber, Wags, Postmates. Yep. I just knew... In 2004, I said to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop working for someone else and clocking in, asking for that time off. Hey, can I get off Thursday? Is it possible as I have an audition? Because I noticed my auditions started coming in. Inevitably, they're going to come in whenever you're booked to work something else. It's just how it happens. So if you, let's say you, your job, your job could even be from six at night until midnight. But inevitably, every single time I would get an audition at like 5.50 all clear across town. Someone was, I believe God was telling me, hey, you know what? This is, in a way, it's kind of funny now, but I'm gonna give you these things to tell you that you, you can't really be, you can't be two places at once. And you certainly can't be prepared if you've got a call off here and drive here. So in 2004, I made a promise to myself that I would, and God, that I would trust him enough to say, you know what? I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna do whatever it takes on the side 
I'm going to buy a, a piece of property. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm not going to have a landlord that's going to say six months or a year down the road, by the way, I'm raising your rent and it's now 200 bucks more than what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just, and I, I can't tell you, and it breaks my heart to see how many friends go through that, that have to move out because they can't, they can no longer afford it. I would say buy a piece, even if it's a small place to live where you're locked in at a certain rate, it's not going to move. It's not going to change your rent. Your mortgage is this. Okay. If you have to get roommates, great. I'm all for it. Um, I would, I would, at that point, I would, I would go to like car auctions and I would buy cars. I'd clean them up a little bit and then I'd sell them. I would do that. I would drive down to downtown LA and I'd buy things in bulk like leather wallets, passport holders, clothing, and I'd put them on eBay for sale. All these little things, like Warren Buffett said, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until the day you die. So I wanted to find some way to make money, again, through eBay, car sales, something, anything, that allowed me to do it on my own time, on my own terms. So when I had an audition, I could give that my full attention um, at that time. And it worked, it was great. It was, yes, it was a challenge. Yes, it was a struggle. It was insane. It drove me crazy. There were times that I'm putting mortgage on a credit card, but I knew that if I booked the right job because I'm prepared for it and I'm relaxed and I'm confident I show up on time, um, that credit card will be paid off. And it was that whole thing Rack it to the top and then pay it off and then book another one. But again, you build these connections. You get in enough of these rooms. They know what you can do. They know you're going to show up. You get into more auditions. So the more auditions you have, the better you have a booking. So again, people say, wow, you book. You're really lucky. You book all this stuff. It's like, well, no, it's not really lucky. Yeah. And I'm not telling you about all the hundreds of ones that I went out for that I didn't get. You might see one or two or maybe three mm -hmm. things airing right now, but I've had to work 300 other ones to audition for that I didn't get, yeah. you know, and I think it was, I think the numbers now are probably as crazy as it is. I'm going to say every 75 auditions I have, I might get one booking. That's probably about right. Sometimes it can be 50. Sometimes it can be a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more, but I, if I were to guess, I'd probably say it's safe to say 75 auditions equal that one booking, um, which is again, pretty crazy. But now with the whole COVID chaos, a lot of what we could do from home, we can self-tape, so we're not driving all over town. Yeah. That's a little easier. So it's just about finding something that works for you, again, that allows you that freedom so you don't have to ask someone, hey, can I get off today so I can go over here? And because there's nothing more frustrating than that. No, and it makes you feel like a failure, and it makes you feel like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm letting these people down. And it's just, it's that constant pressure that you really don't need in your life. You have enough pressure trying to make it as an actor. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, dealing with all the rejection, dealing with, even in your case, I mean, you've been doing this for 20 years, you're doing great and you have, you know, 50 or 75 to one type of an odd uh, of uh, booking something. That's 74 no's and one yes. Yeah. That's, that's what it is, right? And yeah. And right now, again, just, you know, for that kid who's driving to California, if you're listening to this, you can use your car and you can do Uber and you can do Lyft and you can do other things. You know, there are ways that you can get stuff done. Uh, yeah. One of the other things that you were mentioning in your video is you were uh, doing sh uh, drop shipping, which is another popular thing. You know, you were mm -hmm. grabbing stuff, you were researching what's popular, and then you were putting that on, uh, on eBay and you were drop shipping. There are yeah. lots of options. There are things that can be done. For me, by yeah, you can wrap your car. I had at one point I was wrapping my car and driving around to auditions, getting paid per mile because I had a wrap of like some new protein powder or some new, you know, 
some new life-changing miracle water, you know, and it's in my cars, it looks like a walking billboard, it's crazy, but you're getting paid, you know, upwards of like 45 cents a mile. So at that sense, I figured, well, at least I'm getting paid to drive to auditions. So that was working. And then you can, there's another one called Turo, where you can actually put your car on, um, on there and rent it out. So right now, since no one's really going anywhere, it's, my car is on Turo and people rent it for the day, maybe for the week, for the month. Um, and you get paid for that. So there's all these little tricks and little ways you can find to make money. Um, right now, stocks, people are afraid of the stocks because everything's really cheap. Now I'm buying a ton of stocks because I know, like I got in when Tesla was 400 bucks a share. Now it's, I think I just checked, it was like 1800 today. Now they're doing a split, it's crazy. So you get in the right kind of stocks the right time, like right now, everything is on sale. I mean, airlines, Carnival Cruises, AMC, mm-hmm. everything is super, super cheap. But at some point, it's going to go back up. So you just, you put your money into places that you know there's going to be a nice little return. And I don't put a lot in, but I put just enough to where it makes it fun for me yeah. to do something. I'm like, okay, if I get a residual check, I'll put a portion of that into stocks. I'll put a portion of that into savings. Yeah. So if we do have another pandemic or some crazy thing where we're forced to stay home and do nothing, at least you've got some sort of cushion and you're not freaking out because guess what? When you freak out and then you do have an audition, they see right through that. You put your best foot forward. No, you're, you're freaking out. You're nervous. You're thinking about other things. You'll never book that job because your head is somewhere else. Dave, so what are you going to do if you're going to become rich, not from being an actor, but you're going to become rich from your investments and stocks and all the other creative things. Are you going to be able to live with yourself? Are you sure? (laughs) I think I can manage. (laughs) and then the problem is like okay wait a minute all the profit i've made for this why don't i start putting it into my own films there's the you know i mean there's the thing that i think someone asked this question several years ago it was that same acting coach she took us all aside and she said listen if i were to tell any one of you here right now i've got a million dollar check and i will give it to you if you raise your hand but the only catch is you could never act again. You could never audition. You could never be a part of a film, TV show, commercial, anything. You have to give it up completely. Would anybody here take that check? No. Nobody. No, there's not one hand that went up. And I'm sure if, if it did, she would have kicked him right out anyway. Get out of here. Um, no. She was a ball buster. So, and I thought that was kind of nice. It was the boot camp style thing where, you know, if, if your performance was not genuine, was not good, she would, you know, that sucked. Who, who told you you can act? Get out of here. And I was like, oh, geez. So you're just trying to fight not to be that guy that's going to get yelled at. So again, I think most people didn't put their hand up out of fear, but I really do think most people would not say right here because it's just, you're taking away that. I don't know. And and, and, you know what? There are several trust fund kids out here that their parents are paving the way for them saying, listen, Hey, don't worry. No matter what it takes, your rent's covered. Your bills are covered. I've seen kids like that. And does it piss me off? Absolutely. But it also, it's not given to me for a reason. Because I think if I were to have that, I would probably end up like most of them, which is lazy. They sleep in till two o'clock. They don't have a really any reason to work or be productive or be successful because their parents are giving them everything. I mean, I'm, we're talking people that are so loaded that again, it's just like, oh, do you want a new BMW? Here, there it is. Take my old one. It's a year old. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear those parents that are, and what they're doing is you're, you're crippling your kids from doing anything by just giving them things. You need to work for it. You need to hustle. You need to hear those no's. You need to hear the haters. You need to hear people say, you suck. You're not going to make it. You don't have any talent. 
You don't have what it takes. I, I love that. Please tell me that more. Because it, what it does is it fuels me to really want to prove them wrong. Not that I need to prove anything to anybody at this age, but it's that thing that in us is like, yeah, feel, tell me that. Because I don't, it, it would be no fun if everybody was telling you how great you were, how funny you were, how charming you were, how talented you are, how successful you're going to be. You're going to be amazing. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> There's no fun in that. No. Yeah, a little bit good, but yeah, not not a little bit. You you need just you, enough to keep you going and keep you kind of motivated, but not enough to yeah push you away. <laughs> I agree. And I, I like your coach. You know, she's practicing the Soviet style of uh, of coaching. I like it. Absolutely terrified people. It's terrified all of us, but it was great. I needed it. I needed that. I liked it. In fact, she told me the first time I was there, she said, "You know what? This class isn't for you. I don't think this is the right business for you." My my uh, my husband teaches a beginner, a very beginner class. And I think you, you belong there. That's what she told me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I, I, at that point, I could have been like, okay, yeah. well, what are your husband? But at that point, what I did is I took one of her star students, mm -hmm. took him aside and said, listen, I'm going to write a scene with you in it because I know she likes you. Um, he was one of the beautiful people. She yeah. really liked him because he was, you know, he wasn't really that talented, but he had a really good look. I said, listen, I'm going to write a scene with you and I. It's going to be great. It'll showcase you. You'll look good. Don't worry. But I also want to write something that I know I can be good at and not take one of her scenes that are garbage. Yeah. Um, it'll showcase me in the best light. Ended up putting it up. She was like, wow, that was great. What was that scene from? I said, oh, it's from a playbook. Which yeah. playbook? Yeah. Um, the long lost... I just made something up, you know, I go, it's, it's an old play. You never heard of it? You never heard of it? You're an acting coach. How have you not heard of this? No, it's huge. It's huge. It's a great film. Anyway, and she goes, well, anyway, I, I loved it. Can you put it up on Thursday Showcase? Sure. So I had to kind of finagle my way in there and then kept writing scenes and writing scenes, um, which keeps those creative juices flowing, which is nice. And then also she would have what they would call like a Thursday night showcase where agents and managers and producers would come in and watch and so forth. Um, so it was a nice way to put your work up in front of people that may be looking for new talent and stuff. So I got my first manager that way. Um, but again, it's all from things that I wrote because I didn't like the scenes she had that were very just typical blah, vanilla, plain scene. I'm like, I'm not doing these because again, it's like half more from other movies that there's, I'm sorry, but there's no way if you're going to watch a scene from fight club, someone else do it, you're automatically thinking about Brad Pitt's version of it or Edward Norton's version of it. And you're not going to be like, no, I don't believe that. So if you do your own thing, no one's going to say, hey, well, I saw that. That wasn't like the guy I saw. It's your own. You write what you know. You write something that's catered towards you, your comedy, you know, niche, whatever. Um, and that kind of helped a little bit in the beginning because um, obviously getting representation, getting the right representation can be an absolute battlefield too for most You know, I think I just read that only 3% of the entire, no, I'm sorry, 33% of the entire Screen Actors Guild actually had representation. So, I mean, that blew me away too. That was just like, wow, that's under half, under half actually have representation. Upset. So half those card holders. Yeah, it's crazy. That's so, rising to me too. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but so that's, it's an achievement. I would say if you can get in with a good, because anybody can get a manager or an agent But to get one that actually works for you and gets you out and knows your strong points, what you're capable of doing, knows your resume skills, what you can do and submitting you on the right things. You always hear people say, I don't understand why I'm even here. I can't juggle fire. I don't play basketball. 
I don't, I don't do this, but why am I at this audition? Oh, because my agent doesn't take the time to know and look at my skill set. So there's something worse than walking into a room when you're just not supposed to be there. You're not right for that skill set. And there's plenty of things that I'm not good at. There's a ton of things I'm not good at. I'm not a sports guy. So I look like a complete fool going out trying to shoot hoops. I, I just, I wouldn't go. But then I had this one agent in the beginning, oh, no, 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 I just want you to be seen. Just go there. I want them to see you. And I, I, the first one I had, I was at a beach, and they, just, and they literally had us at the beach, at the audition, serving a volleyball, like spiking and stuff. And it, it, looked, it looked like a 12-year-old without an arm. I was just like, Ugh. And the ball went here. It went, didn't even go over the net. Didn't even reach the net. And I remember her, she looked at me, she goes, thank you, David. Next. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I ran home. I was pissed. I called my agent. I go, I'm not doing this again. I took it off my resume and all stuff. I'm like, don't send me out for things that I'm not good at. <laughs> she goes, well, what are you good at? Like, I don't know. There's not a lot, but it's not that. <laughs> so, that was not for a side out edition, was it? The what? It was not for a side out, was it? Side out. No, remember that brand? No, it was actually, it was something, it was for like eight, uh, some water thing, aquafina water. It was a water thing, but they oh, wanted real volleyball players. Okay, got it, got it, got it. I thought it was a, it was a film. Side Out was, uh, was a film I was referring to. Okay, no, no, no. It's a commercial, but it was just, again, I was like, yeah. I, I can't make that kind of impression on someone, the wrong impression. So I'm only going to go out for things that I'm right for. But again, you have these agents that believe in, you could be the wild card. You could be that thing they don't know they want until they see it. So be that guy, go. And I'm just like, oh, so I... I Weeding through the bad reps is a tough one too. Then you get reps that are really, really big that are, have a huge name, but then you get shelved because you're not a huge name. Yep. Uh, and they have 10 of the clients that look just like you and they go out all the time. Who are you? So we're not sending you out until you book, book, book. So it's a real huge catch of like, okay. So I, again, finding the right reps that work for you and have a good relationship. Then you get managers and agents that fight that don't like, like a lot of agents don't like to work with managers. You don't, I don't want you to have a manager. Should you, you know, so you need to find someone that works well together. Um, but you also need to do your own hustle on the side. So instead of waiting for your agent manager to call, I always say, do things on the side, network, market, do things, go out, start your own thing, create your own content, be a part of something, find people on Twitter, on Instagram that are shooting stuff and, you know, collaborate with them. So you're doing things and you're staying busy. Because the busier you are, the more people want you. The more people want you, the more work comes your way. Work generates work. And it's just, when you're just waiting for it to happen, it never happens. And it drives you crazy. And, uh, and why, no, yeah. yeah that, that coach of yours, uh, that's the one, uh, we're not going to say her name. It doesn't matter right now. But that's the one who told you, hey, you're an actor. You're not a writer. So don't write. And, yes. <laughs> and thank God that you did not listen. Because because you continued writing, because you and Dave, you know, working together, you made cut, you're making, you know, a sequel to uh, uncut uh, or recut, which one? Recut, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Good memory. Doing all of that stuff. And if you didn't, if you just listened to, I'm an actor, I'm not a writer, you would have been screwed because our business right now is all about creating your own content. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to dive into type in a second, but you want to stand out. You want to prove that you can do something else you're probably going to have to do it on your own because people are going to put you in a bucket and you have to show to them with something that's done that, Hey, I can step outside this bucket. Yeah. 
good good on you for not listening uh, or or being a selective listener and taking some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I heard it, but I just, it went, it was the ADHD in me. It went this ear and it went out that ear. And then what did you say? Oh, I forgot anyway. Never mind. We're moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Ignore it. You're good. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about type because it took you a little while to figure out the type. And again, you know, when, when I'm looking at your, at your reels and I'm looking at other stuff and I see another guy who's doing the left eyebrow, you know, left eye thing. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my type. That's my guy. And, <laughs> uh, how long did it take you to kind of say, okay, I am not this, I'm not this. We're going to get to your dramatic parts in a second, but a lot of the stuff that you've done, you know, commercials and some of the films that you've done is this, this comedy guy, which you are really, really, really good at. How long did it take you to uh, say, okay, that's me. These are the types of headshots that I'm going to be doing. And that's what I'm going to try to get. I think, you know what? I, it was a weird kind of thing where I figured, and I heard this years ago, I don't know who said it, but someone told me once, there is no expiration date on comedy. I saw so many people kind of come and go because of their, they were stunning looking, they were beautiful looking, they had a great gift and a great look at that time. Um, and they were in and they were huge. And then they just kind of slowly faded away as the looks did. I said, I, you know what? Again, you're in it for the wrong reasons. I felt if I can just be my own version of funny, um in a weird way yep. that people can relate to people can laugh not maybe not laugh with me but even laugh at me if you're willing to be that guy or girl that is being made fun of that's the total dork the sleazy weird quirky guy that everybody wants to get away from it's a nice it's a nice payoff like i started because for years i didn't know what type of comedy i wanted i knew what i liked i knew i liked the fast talking funny weird quick-witted vince vaughn type i liked the really awkward weird kind of odd ben stiller type i liked the dry sarcastic jason bateman type i love the smart ass smarmy david spade type um and i also love the very cocky confident sure of himself adorable arrogant type like uh sam rockwell and i figured if i could kind of mesh all those you know what i mean in my own little weird unique version of me that would be cool and then even bring it old school with like benny hill and chevy chase and some of those guys and just pick up on their mannerisms and the way they are the way they behave it's going to be a nice thing and i started seeing this shift to where casting directors were calling me in more and more for the sleazy guy the weird guy the creepy guy the odd guy that doesn't shut up the guy that you really want to just get away from because he's bugging you I'm like, yeah, let me be that guy. Let me be the creepy, weird, dorky guy. Yep. Because that's, that's never going to be old. I and mean, I can do that and I can work until the day I die. There's no real like, oh, well, you were that guy for 20 years. Now you're done. You can continue to be that Steve Buscemi type, whatever, until the day he decides to stop acting. The Joe Pesci type, that kind of. So again, at first it was weird. I'm like, why am I getting called in for the same creepy, weird guy? Oh, that's right. That's, I wanted that. <laughs> you know I mean, uh, I was going to point out, you said Sam Rockwell. That's the guy who you remind me of. I was. Oh, beautiful. Thank it, you. It's on my list. I was going to say, yeah, Sam Rockwell. And then, you know, some of the, uh, some of the things that I've seen on your reel, I'm like, yeah, I see that. That's there. Thank and, you. Um, it's, you know, now with you gaining 30 pounds uh, of, of muscle, you, you may, you may be uh, doing yourself a disservice because they're, they're going to look at you a little differently, but that's, that's a separate, uh, that's a separate point. You can I think I'm going to have to start buying some, some larger baggier shirts for sure. 
yeah. it was kind of like just a it was a silly bucket list thing I wanted to do yeah. because we're all in lockdown we're all not going anywhere we're all not booking or shooting or doing anything so I figured well you know what let me let me shoot for this goal because I think if you always have these goals in mind it keeps you kind of thinking and wanting to achieve great things if you don't have any goals you're literally just sitting around with your bored something I'm just gonna try to gain 30 pounds see what happens yeah. and when we go back to the the way it used to be I can at that point, maybe buy a larger selection of clothing or, or just lose it all. I don't know yet, but it's been kind of fun. Gives yeah. you something to do, yeah. you know. Keep it. And uh, which, again, goes into the other aspect of you because, you know, the first thing that I saw of you is this quirky, funny, kind of, uh, you know, uh, likable, goofy guy. And then I saw the drama and the horror stuff that you've done. I'm like, okay, that's a very different uh, kind of guy that I, I definitely want to get away from. So uh, that, when did that start coming about? Or did it come about with, uh, with Cut and uh, you, know, you trying to kind of show a different part of you by doing your own project? That's exactly what it was. I figured uh, my writing partner, David, and I both decided to put ourselves in, basically in a character in a world that we were not really comfortable with, that we had never done. Because again, he, he was always the guy that was kind of the, the straight-laced, serious, dramatic guy. He was on the OC and on these other, you know, shows growing up. Um, and had a very, very good look. Um, but he was never really, I, that was like the, the certain roles that were in that. He goes, like, let's just try to challenge ourselves and do something we've never done yet. So obviously being, for me, being the deep, dark, depressed, yeah. serial killer type, you know, I've, I've obviously never done that. But it, I thought it was a nice challenge and I thought it would open the doors up for other things other than just the weird comedic kind of twisted roles. But, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely. Ch it was that challenge that I think I needed, um, to kind of, to grow and to see if I could do it. Uh, and there was sometimes I just wanted to bring out the funny. He goes, no, 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 David, you're, you know, that's not funny. I'm like, oh, you're right. We just killed someone. That's not funny. Okay. Hold on. So I'd have to bring it back down to the dramatic serious side again. Yeah. But we, I mean, we were cracking up in between takes, cracking jokes and the stuff. I mean, while we're cleaning the knives and all that stuff, the blood off the knives, all that. <laughs> it, just, it was weird, but it was also like, it kept it fun. And I thought yeah. to myself, man, um, and we hired some people that we grew up liking. Like I love um, Sam Scarber, Susan Lanier Bramlett. Um, we also had William McNamara, who I saw in a film with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Doing Time on Maple Drive, a very dramatic film for John for Jim Carrey at the time. I thought, wow, I'd love this. I'd love to work with him. So we started hiring people that we had, grow, you know, grown up admired and looked at. So it kind of brought out our, just a different side of us on an acting ability too. But it was a lot of fun. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. But I thought to myself, when I told David, I said, I don't know how these people do it if they're only working on serious, dramatic, depressing, dark stuff all the time, how you don't take some of that home with you and just click the switch off and be, hey, hey, honey, I'm home, where's dinner? Great, had a great day. You know, it's like, it's, it's a tough kind of thing to do for them. For them. Thank you for segueing in, into my next uh, question because, you know, then you went on and you did some horror stuff. And I'm looking at those and I, for me, I would love to be an actor in a horror film. I do not want to watch the horror film. Yeah. That's not my energy. That's not the, uh, the ocean that I want to swim in. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for you and somebody who is very spiritual uh, and, and connected, how do you work with that? Because 
I don't know. Again, it's just uh, uh, that that dark and that dark energy and all of the stuff that you have to kind of really allow uh, to ground uh, yourself in. How do you work with not carrying that, as you mentioned, and just letting it go? What was your process there? Oh, that's a great question. I would normally, I'd have to have good people, again, that I'm around that we can kind of crack jokes with and laugh. And because I think it would be pretty, I don't know how actors do it when they go and again, um, and they work with you know the same people they don't really know and it's a really dark, depressing set the whole time, day in, day out, and they're there for two months. That's gotta be taxing, that's gotta be tough, that's gotta be difficult. Um, I'm a big fan of music, happy music, 80s music, fun kind of music, you know, and it's just like, again, the wedding singer soundtrack, that kind of stuff. You've got Cindy Lauper and all this stuff, you know, it's just like Billy Idol, all this fun 80s stuff. You crank that, you're going to be in a great mood. So that would kind of sh quickly shift off and turn that into like the happy mode again. Speaking um, of that soundtrack, you could have played that, you know, between takes. Do you really <laughs> want to hurt me? Yes, the boy George one, exactly. It would have been perfect. Because <laughs> I don't know how these people just do that day in, day out and not go a little stir crazy. Um, but yeah, I think to be able to shut that off. Yeah. And that's why I always said, you know what, if I could just be the comic relief, in something, and because every, even you watch Dexter, you had that guy, I forget the, uh, the really funny Asian guy that was in it. He was the comic relief, Mizuko or something, really funny, talented actor too. He was the comic relief of that. And I thought to that point, wow, that would be a dream to be a part of a really nice uh, show like that, a, a really dark show, but be the comic relief, be that kind of like, you know, the, and I think everybody, everything needs that. And even in today's horror, they're adding little elements of, campy fun kind of quirky type of humor in it which is i think i think i don't want to say scream started that but scream that scream generation of films kind of did start that you know where they mixed comedy with horror and it worked yeah and uh again i uh, i love the guys uh again same group of guys that did uh i don't remember the horror uh, film that they did but these are super trooper guys that then did the horror film that then did uh, Fear Fast. Why can't I remember the name of the horror film if I remember everything else? So. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. But what it's, is the? It's I know uh, you're saying though. Cl Club Dread. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Club Dread was the one, and uh, something Broken Lizard. I think that's the name of the troop. I, I don't remember, but somewhere in there. So yeah, it's it's that. Even though it was a horror film, but it was by these comedy guys, and there's a lot of uh, fun stuff inserted in it. I, I get. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. I want to I want to dive before we kind of get to our lightning round and close things out. I want to dive into uh, into the commercial world. Um, I I did three commercials, and these were all local kind of uh, commercials. Although one was you know for for a firm up east. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you? I mean, if you had to compare it to TV and film, did you enjoy it a little bit more, a little bit less, or? Depends which commercial, right? So one commercial was just a corporate. You know, I'm a client. I'm walking into uh, into a financial uh, corporate office. And they're showing me stuff. There are no lines. You're just basically there, and you're you're there. And yeah. you know that was certainly less enjoyable than some of the other ones where I had to act because yeah. you know. Um, and this is a terrible way of putting it, but that's where my mind goes. Either I am furniture, or <laughs> or or I am you know kind of really involved in something, and I prefer to be involved. But yeah. you know the commercials that you get a chance to do. Uh, or at least the ones that I've seen on your reels. Those are the ones that are really fun and quirky. My question is, and uh, just making sure that we peel that curtain is, uh, how many takes 
do those commercials uh, uh, take? Because the one time where I was, um, I did a come ad spot where I thought I got it. Evidently, I got the extra part, which I didn't know about. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, I already said yes, I'm going to go to the, uh, to the, and I was there, I was sitting, you know, right behind them. You know, I'm in kind of the, uh, the scene, so you can see me. But the number of takes that the directors made these poor guys go through was yep. ridiculous. Okay, yeah. that's great. Now do it like uh, she's a hooker that just walked in. Okay, nice. I like it. Now think that you're an alien and uh, you need to really tell your son that you're not his real father. It's like, <laughs> it was just hours and hours of these things. And I'm thinking, yeah. God, is that what a commercial set is really like? So have you found that that's what commercial sets are really like? Um, it all depends on, again, the budget, the, yeah. um, the director, mostly if he, if he has a certain vision and he's not getting it, or he wants to say what I do personally like when he says, you know what, I've gotten what I, what I need. I love it. Thank you. Now just give me something different, something creative, just play, have fun. I love hearing that. To me, that's gold. That's yeah. like winning the lottery. Because again, it shows me that, okay, well, you've got what you like. You're happy with what we have so far. Now you're giving me the freedom to create my own little magic. Amazing. Um, you have those. Then you have the ones that the client sees it a certain way. The director sees it a different way. They're fighting. They're arguing. They're like, okay, David, that's not what I wanted. You're not listening. I want this, 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 this. And you're like, oh, okay, hold on. And then you give them that. Then the client isn't really what they envisioned because it's their, their I get it. They, what they say goes. So they wanted a certain way. So the director comes back and says, okay, David, we love what you did here. We love how you said it here and how you stand over here. And then you stood up over here and then said your line here. Now I want you to say that line and stand over here and then stand over here and then bigger smile, but not a fake smile, a real smile, an authentic smile, not a, not a pretend one, but a really authentic one. You're here to have a good time and show me what you have. Okay. But don't oversell it. Very conversational, very real. Then I want one that's deadpan. So I don't want any feelings, any emotions, just very much blah like this. Like you, like you could care less about the product, but you're going to say it anyway. Great. I like that. Now I want you to take that emotion and do, so it's like, whoa, what, <laughs> what do you want? Do you know what you want? You probably don't know what you want, but I'm going to give you different versions and we're going to see if that's, if, if we're even in the same ballpark. So it's without taking any of it personal, because again, it's hard to go home at the end of the day and think, wow, they just had me do that 50 different ways. Are they going to, and then ultimately the version they end up picking is the, the one you never thought they were going to pick. I'm like, what? That, that's the version you, I gave you other different things that you could have picked from and you picked that take? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you never really know. They don't know. But that's again, the beauty of editing. And that's to me, the fun part is you never know what kind of magic they're going to create. It could do really well. It could not take off at all. It could be in-house only. It could be YouTube only. It could play during the Super Bowl. It could play. Uh, it's just, it's nuts. You never know where it's going to go. We could play at the movie theater before the, 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 the movie starts. You never know where any of these are going to go, but it's a, it's a, I always say it's a great way to kind of keep your face out there um, to pave the way. I personally, I'm a little bit weird. I like commercials more than TV and film. That's just me. Cause again, it's a, it's, it's just, it's just more fun. You can be a little more creative. Um, it's not as, as stressful. Um, I'm not lazy, but I am lazy when it comes to having to memorize eight or nine, 10 pages by tomorrow and be dead on. Yeah. Really? Versus like, Hey, here's a 30 second copy. Yeah. It's two paragraphs. Yeah. 
go for it. I mean, it's not heavy lifting. It's not anything crazy. You can just, again, be fun. I always call them little 30 second sitcoms, make it your own, um, stick to the script for the most part, but also play a little bit, give them something that they didn't see that they didn't expect. They didn't envision. Oh, that's kind of fun. I didn't see. Oh, that's kind of cool. And that's the only way you're really going to stand out. But it, to me at this point, it's gotta be fun. If it's not fun, fuck it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be any part of it. If it's not something that I enjoy doing, there are some actors that do the pharmaceuticals that do the, um, you know, these PSAs or industrials or in-house thing. And it's like boatloads of dialogue that they're just reading and it's just super boring. I don't want to do that because it's not, again, sure it pays, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I like to enjoy what I do. If there's just no point if I don't enjoy it, why, why do it? <laughs> I'm with you because it has to be energizing for you. You know, acting is draining. Being on set is draining. If yeah. what you're doing, you're not enjoying, you're, you're going to be dead by the end of it. Uh, you really need something to energize and uh, to, uh, to get energy from. And if the material is, is dry and it's medical jargon and you have to pronounce everything and it has to be letter perfect, yeah. you know, in those things you can't you know, go away from the script because that's, that's how they've written it. Uh, you just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I want to do things that are fun. You're a bowler. Uh, th that's the last thing I want to ask about, you know, the bowler who, uh, who I think you did like this and then boom, uh, like that, like <laughs> how much of it was improvised? Because that to me, was like, I've never seen that. I didn't expect that. I know the guy is having a great time, but the bowler, I, I would watch that commercial. I don't know what it, you know, I, I think I know what it's for, but I don't really know what it's for. <laughs> I just love that part. So how much of it was you just playing? And how much of it was them being very specific about your, you know, signs? All of it was play. And that's why I was at, it was, a, it was a, a group of people from Germany. Amazing. Ended up making friends with the client. Yeah. Um, and they're super nice. He said, listen, you know what? We like what you did at the audition. It was a direct booking off the audition tape. So there was just one audition. Yep. They send all the tapes in to the client in Germany. So he got to watch them. There was no callback, which is great. They were booking directly off the tape. Right. Um, the casting director said, listen, the only note I can give you is they're looking for that um, Totoro character type of guy that's yeah. in Big Lebowski. Yeah. So I want you to be the sleazy, spastic, over-the-top bowler that is just the kind of guy that would probably make love to the bowling ball when no one's looking. Just weird. I'm like, oh, okay. So just, and they just, they just have fun. And I knew at that point, okay, the gloves are off. I can do whatever I want to do. And I just got weird in that room. And I, but it's the, it's the right kind of weird to, as I'm doing it. And I'm in that moment, I'm looking over my peripheral and I'm seeing the casting director, look at the session director and they're doing this. They're, you know, so I know it's working. So you use that as kind of fuel. I know I'm going in the right way. If I got a little bit too weird, they'd probably say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I knew it was working. Um, and I knew at that point, they said, listen, um, we just want you to play, have fun, and do whatever you think this character would do. And just give us take after take after take. And we'll just go ahead and pick from that point on which one would you want. I said, sure. Okay. I was there for probably an hour and a half, just giving them several different weird, unique choices. Yeah. And I always say, like, I think you plan and you prepare for certain things you're going to do, but you also just kind of trust yourself and know that you'll come up with some weird, wacky stuff along the way, too. Yep. And once you're there and you're in that mode, you're in that mindset of just going to be 
I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to have fun. And again, having fun, knowing that whatever happens to this outcome, if it never airs, if it doesn't air, or if it whatever, it doesn't matter. I want to make, I want to make you laugh right now. I want to make you enjoy this. I want to make you happy that you hired me to be this weird character guy, yeah. you know? And I, my friend of mine from the UK, he always says, he goes, you know what? If you can do a job and visualize yourself already looking at the finished product and having everybody say, yeah, that was great. You're already ahead. So don't question yourself and think, wow, is it going to be okay? Am I going to be funny? Am I going to be liked? Are they going to think it's okay? Because just visualize yourself dominating that role, whatever it is, yeah. having fun and enjoying it. And then just imagining them looking at it already and thinking, wow, this is amazing. You've just, you're already ahead of all that other crap, that unnecessary self-doubt kind of stuff that, am I going to be funny? Am I not going to be funny? And it's just, it's a great place to be in. Again, when you have that freedom and not all directors, because like you said, a lot of directors are going to say, nope, I want you to say this. Every single exact word to the, you know, then you get the Woody Allen approach, which is like, hey, you know what? Here's the script. Here's the premise. If you want to say any of it, great. If you want to say all of it, great. You don't, you can do whatever you want. Just here's the idea. That's amazing. And there's not a lot of directors out there, but when you meet those, it's a, to me, it's a gift. It's amazing. And I love that because they trust you and what your, and your take on it, what you're going to bring to the role. And there really is no wrong. There's no, I mean, I, I was doing splits and turns and kicks and ah, getting nuts. And again, half the stuff they didn't use other half. I was like, Oh, you actually use that. Okay. I didn't think you'd use that, but that's cool. Great. And you just keep coming up with creative, just weird quirks and some work, some don't. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it, again, having that freedom to play is a really nice place, you know? Nope. All right. So here's a question for you because you said that you like commercials a little bit better because it gives you the freedom. So, if you had to pick between two things, you land a you know national spot. Let's say I'm going to choose Toyota for no particular reason. You land a national spot with Toyota. You have a bunch of commercials uh, over a number of years, or you're a series regular on a sitcom. Which one would you take? Oh, depends on the sitcom, and it depends on is this Toyota spot going to be a spot like Flow from Progressive, where it airs for the next ten years? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you're you're the new Jamie in in the progressive, right? And by the way, the actor who plays Jamie, you're awesome. But you know, let's say that they wanted the third, and uh, you're you're the new Jamie. You're there for next five years doing fun, you know, creative uh, uh, comedic spots, or you're on an NBC, you know, primetime sitcom uh, as a regular, and you know, you're this uh, kooky fun uh, character you get to play. Which one? As weird as it sounds, I'm gonna take the Toyota man. Okay. Yeah. Only because again, I, I just, I, there's so much of this, of that business that I really, really enjoy and like and find fun. Um, unless, you know, the sitcom was again, that quirky, weird, odd kind of guy that just pops in here and there. Yeah. I don't need, I, I would say, I, ne I don't need to be the lead. I don't mean, I don't need to be the main guy. I love being the odd, weird, quirky. And I'll never forget this. I was working on a film. Um, called The Bornless Ones, a phenomenal Russian director, Alexander Babov, and just a great guy. And it was, a, I think it was a, almost a month shoot, and they were shooting up in the mountains, beautiful set, and I was there the first day, and I got a chance to work with some phenomenal actors um, that were gonna be there, pretty much living in the mountains for the next upwards until the shoot was finished. Um, 
and I, I, okay, I got there, did my shot, did my scene. It was fun. I had a blast. Okay, guys, take care. See you later. You, know, you come back tomorrow? Nope, done. Wait a minute. You're, you're just doing the one, that one scene? Oh, you're, oh, and I saw one of the girls, she goes, oh, that's, you're lucky. I go, what, what, you're not leaving? She goes, no, I'm here the whole shoot. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I thought to myself, she can't do anything else now yeah. for the next almost upwards of a month. She's locked into this, this project only. And my mind would just kind of, I don't want to say go crazy, but I'm always thinking about the thing that I could potentially miss because yeah. I'm locked into this. So you really better love what you're doing for the next month in this project because, and again, that's what's going to happen. Whenever you sign up for something, something you up. get twice as many opportunities over here that just come fighting in and you have to turn down and say, no, I can't. I'm already obligated to do this. And so that's why I like to really do things that I really want to be a part of because again, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing because when you're not working, you're, you're literally not working and no one wants you. But when you are working, everybody wants, and then the auditions magically come in in like boatloads and you've got to say, sorry, I can't do it. And of course, those are the ones that are always the biggest ones and they're nationals and they're huge campaigns and they're other, and you can't do anything because you're stuck in the mountains. And I'm thinking, well, that's a good example. And at that point in time, I said, I, I want to be this guy. I want to be that guy that, again, that just kind of comes in, comes out, makes an appearance. You don't know my name. You can say, oh, you were that one guy and that one thing I saw. I don't know what I saw, but I, I, I thought it was funny. You were good. What, what, what were you in? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it just, it, you're not, you're not going to be bugged. You're not going to be pest. You're not going to be followed around. No one's taking your picture. No one's stalking you. You're just that one guy in that one film that nobody really knows, but they think they saw, they might've seen. You were funny. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I, I liked it. You know, that I'm, that's, that's all I need. I don't need to be the guy that's on the cover of everything and that needs to be the next big thing. And because again, usually that goes in shit where you're, you're the big guy yep. and then where'd you go? You know, consistency. That's I'm all about just keeping it right about here, that pace and yeah. just being happy with that. Very cool. Well, you know what? Screw the lightning round. I think, I think we have enough because I have enough uh, questions to ask you for another show. And I hope you come back so we can do this again and we can get into some more stuff. But, you know, love it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I had a lot of fun. I learned uh, a lot. And uh, if you're the kid driving to California right now, I, I'm sure you learned a lot too. And you are much better equipped to go ahead and start your career and do it because you love acting. Amen. Alan, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, David. Uh, likewise, uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to be following your career from now on. And uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. Now I'm going to go watch your clips and, uh, and the commercials that you've done for 2019, 2018, and some of the other ones, and uh, <laughs> figure out which ones I like more. So uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good. And take care, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in to The Love of Acting. We know you love it as much as we do, and that's why we do this. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.